Welcome to the July 16th edition of the PFF Forecast. Uh, PFF stands for Pro Facial Hair Focus and Pro Backwards Hat Focus in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Brad's got his hat. We're giving away some merch today for the uh, the printing press. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to hit the AC South. We, of course, waited for the DeAndre Hopkins news to do the AC South. It's going to be huge, obviously, changing the dynamics of the entire conference. So we'll talk about that. We're our favorite bets for the AFC South, how it can go uh, right and how it can go wrong for each team. We've got a little British Open preview. We're going to do the bigger one on Wednesday, but we're going to touch on it today. It's going to be a great podcast. Well, let's run. Brad, I, you told me when we came on here that it was raining. You couldn't play any golf this weekend. Um, did you get? Did you guys get a chance to watch the amazing, incredible finish to the American Century Championship? I'll be honest. When you mentioned that, I thought you were talking LBG, LPGA for a second, and then I realized <laughs> there was a secondary, you know, continental U.S. tournament. But no, please, please enlighten us uh, how okay. that wrapped up. Okay, so for those of you that do not know, the American Century Championship is the celebrity golf tournament that is basically a few celebrities and a lot of ex-athletes and a few current athletes that play out in Tahoe. It's a three-round tournament. Um, it's pretty competitive. There's usually about like 15 guys that are that are decent. And um, it was uh, Steph and Marty Fish. Steph, I think, was up by a couple shots. They play like a modified Stableford uh, system. Um, and the course is like, I mean, it's not long because they, they play tees up, but it's it's definitely a challenging course. And um, I was, we're wrapping up the the Wimbledon, watching Wimbledon. And of course I was riding high after our Carlos Alcaraz uh, win, Brad. I'm back, I'm back on the tennis horse. And I'm searching for a place to bet the American Century Championship. I can't find anything. I want to bet on Marty Fish. So Marty Fish is a lefty. Obviously everyone knows him as the tennis player Brad, you pointed out, I think, last uh, Wednesday, a great documentary that I want to go watch. But he's an amazing golfer. He's like, Jack Nicholas called him the best non-pro golfer that he's seen. Like, he's very, very, very good. Um, he plays with uh, Al Michaels over at Bel Air, uh, Brentwood Country Club, one of the two. Um, and he's been the club champion there. The dude is actually like, legitimately good. So I wanted to bet a ton of money on Marty Fish for him to, to win. He's a couple shots back. He ends up uh, playing really, really well, and he's ahead by like three points over Steph heading into 18. Teeing off on 18, a, a drunk fan shrieks in his backswing, and he just shoots this thing dead right. I mean, this thing goes, you know, like 50-degree like angle. And so Steph needs an eagle to win, and he has an eagle putt, and Steph sinks the eagle putt and wins the freaking tournament. It was the most ridiculous thing I, I had ever seen. And uh, so I'm lucky I would have lost. I would have had a terrible day. Instead, I avoided massive heartbreak. Can you imagine how pissed I would have been if I had lost a bet because some fan like shrieked in the back of the backswing? Anyways, that's my betting story for the day. Yeah, and Steph, I, I do. Okay, I thought you were talking about the other USO or the other PGA event going on. So yeah, so I did see Steph on ATL. I will say, I've never been someone that's like, hated Steph because he shoots bomb threes and sticks his tongue out and shit. Like some people, it rubs them the wrong way. Me watching Steph be like a pure golfer. It does. It does kind of irk me. I'll be honest. Like, it's like, just relax. Like, <laughs> I thought it's cause it's, it's frustrating that the man can, uh, you know, have a hole in one and Eagle uh, to win yeah. on 18 and one weekend. And we're out here just, you know, sticking right here grinding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's he's ridiculous, and I think he's the first. Uh, he was the first um, current athlete to win the tournament. Most of them, obviously, are retired because then they have more time to work on their golf game. Um, really, the the, um, the the victory, and, and we should give some credit to LeBron and the Lakers. Um, you know, because they gave uh, Steph more time to work on his golf game and thereby be in better shape to to win. Um, so just, you know, got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, all right. Um, we did promise that we are going to do a merch giveaway. And so the, 
the, the way this works is if you are a member of the printing press discord, you will have an opportunity to win. Um, Brad has one. He just showed it. I'm showing it here. If you can, that's ah, blurred out. Anyway, so you can go into the discord and you can see there it is. Beautiful. It's got a little printing uh, emoji, printer emoji on it, a little PFF logo, giving away between three to five. I have a box that I just got shipped in. We're going to give them away every single Sunday up until the, the start of the NFL season. So here's how you can win. You go join the, the Discord. The link is in the bio on the YouTube um, description. Also, we tweet out the link um, so you can go to our Twitters and find it. Um, and Brad, there is a game that is catching the world by storm. And the way to enter to win a printing press hat is to compete in the Immaculate Grid. Is that what it's called? Explain explain this game and where people can go play it. Actually, an even better one. So it's you're going to go to Crossover Grid or CrossoverGrid.com. You'll find it. If you Google it, you will find it. Uh, this website has baseball, football, and NBA, I think. But essentially, you go to the NFL one. There's nine blocks, and there's going to be three categories on the top, three categories on the side. Categories could be simple as a team, or it could be had 10 receiving touchdowns or, you know, made an all-pro or was a Hall of Famer. And essentially, let's say it's, you know, Cowboys on top and, and, you know, Eagles on this side. You would then put a player that played for both of those teams. The way you're going to win, though, is you fill it out. You're probably going to have to get a perfect nine out of nine to win it but they give you percentages of how often this person was given as the answer. And then you get a uniqueness or a rarity score at the end of it. So, you know, obviously we, we were trying to combat cheating and Googling and all those things a little bit. Uh, so you got to have some deep pulls, some, some end of roster guys that played for two different teams. Uh, but yeah, so fill that out, post it in the other uh, discord and the, the best scores. We'll, we'll get some free merch. Yeah. I'm sharing my screen now so you can see, uh, what this looks like um and uh here it is crossovergrid.com slash nfl we'll post it in the discord as well um you will probably we will give one out to the highest score i do think to combat cheating we should we should give some we'll select some winners that don't necessarily have to have the highest score but if you get some good polls for example like if there's someone that has just some ridiculous poll we'll give some credit there make sure that we're uh, uh given some opportunities for people to win some uh, some merch. All right, uh, let's get into it. We're going to preview the AFC South. DeAndre Hopkins just signed with the Tennessee Titans today. Brad, from what you understand, kind of how close was it? What did you end up thinking? What, what was the deal, the parameters of the deal, and what did you end up thinking about it? Yeah, two years, $26 million is the base. Though it's not like the first year is $12 million that's guaranteed. I'm guessing almost nothing is guaranteed in that second year. And he has incentives, I think, for $3 million in each year. The incentives are fairly attainable. It's like stacked for 75, 85, 95 receptions. There's some yardage, some touchdowns as well. I think he could potentially earn some of them. Um, I don't think it was particularly close at all, frankly. I think any of the good teams you heard, if you heard the Chiefs were involved, you heard the Bills were involved, I doubt they offered half of what he got from Tennessee and then new England. I'm sure new England dabbled a little bit. They obviously brought him in for a visit, but I think it was a Tennessee and a runaway uh, and, and great by Tennessee. Their super bowl odds before were 80 to one and their super bowl odds after are still 80 to one. Oh man. Uh, it's perfect. It really is perfect. Now in fairness, there's, there's a big difference between being even remotely competitive for a Super Bowl and being competitive for the division. So we are talking about the division. Current odds, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, Jags minus 155, Titans plus 350, Colts 6-1, to one, Texans 8-1. to one. Implied probabilities of those, Jacksonville 61%, Tennessee 22%, Indy 14%, Houston 11%. Let me start with you, Judah, just in regard to the, the Hopkins move. Does this in any way change your opinion of the Titans to win the division or some other, you know, maybe bets short of winning the Super Bowl? Not not even a little. Uh, sure. I mean, like, I, I don't think ah. they still, if you look at the unit as a whole, uh, the wide receiver unit for the Titans is still a disaster. It didn't kind of fix any of their issues. Uh, I mean, I just, I don't, I think this is the Jaguars to, to kind of run away with. Um, but the Titans, and I'm sure we'll get into this, I think have so many flaws that signing DeAndre Hopkins is solving very, very few of those flaws. It doesn't surprise me that he wanted to go play alongside 
one of the dominant forces in this league in Chigo Zim Okonkwo, uh, tight end, eighth highest graded tight end last season. Um, I wish I could put this up on the screen. I saw this earlier, but you know, those, um, those like Instagram or Twitter uh, things that are going around that are like, would you, you know, rather face a hippopotamus, a tiger, you know, a, a whale, you know, or a shark if, for 20 minutes. And uh, Chigi Okonkwo retweeted it and said, they'd have to, they'd have to contend with me for 20 minutes. Uh, that's the kind of, that's the kind of player that I want to bet on. Um, so I get what you're saying. I mean, you look at their, their receiving unit. Now you've got Hopkins, you've got Traylon Burks, you have Okonkwo, uh, Westbrook Akine over there in the slot. You have Tannehill, of course, and Henry. I mean, there are worse offensive casts. The the offensive line, it, you know, leaves some some things to be desired. Um, I think the biggest worry for me is I think their best deep threat might be Oconquo. <laughs> when you look at that group, and that's that's a little bit uh, a little bit scary. Um, okay, so let's start with this. Uh, as we do each time, which of these? Uh, four teams do you think the the market is the most wrong on brad let's start with you yeah so and we mentioned the super bowl odds i don't think these division odds have really moved yet either uh the jags open minus 130 i think we all jumped on that that was back when arjun was was with us i think we all probably either bet it or liked it initially that they're now minus 155 I mean, I guess Tennessee is the other contender, and maybe you could talk yourself into, hey, Mike Vrabel is going to scrape and claw his way to nine wins, and maybe the Jags just don't play as well as we expected. There was that Week 18 game last year with Josh Dobbs, where the Titans realistically could have won that football game and gone to the playoffs, and then the Jaguars would have a little bit less shine on them, but... I actually think this is a properly priced, you know, division right now. You could probably, I, I think, talk yourself into Colts six to one. Um, if you're a believer in them bouncing back, getting healthy and getting a lot of growth from young players. And then either you're a Gardner Minshew guy or you think Richardson somehow hits the ground running. But I, I really still think this is kind of one team's division, barring a disaster. Jude, anything that catches your eye here? Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, you got to kind of squint at this one. But I, I think it's the Texans. Uh, at 10%. And I think that's because in some ways they actually have a, a fatter tail, in my opinion, than the Titans or Colts. Uh, I think the Titans are a pretty known quantity. Everyone's been kind of giving them some criticism. Uh, they're like, oh, this is a floor team of like six to seven wins and like signing Hopkins is kind of adding to exactly that, uh, which is like, there's no unknowns with Tannehill. The team's pretty similar to what they were last year. Uh, I think with the Texans, you still have some of these unknowns and they're unknowns with a little bit of upside. Uh, which is like, there are still some pieces, especially on the Texans defense. Uh, Derrickson Lee was terrible last year uh, by most separation metrics, but still, uh, if you want to take into account his draft prior, still had some absolutely dominant years uh, at LSU as a top pick. He can turn that around. Obviously, Will Anderson, Jerry Hughes is still a productive player. Jimmy Ward's there. Uh, and I think D'Amico Ryan's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a believer that defensive coordinators matter a lot. Uh, if you're kind of a believer that D'Amico Ryan's can kind of replicate at least some of the success uh, that he had in San Francisco and apply it to uh, Houston, that this can be like a fine unit. And on the offensive side of the ball, like, yes, it's a rookie quarterback. Uh, they have two very good tackles in Howard and Tunsil. Uh, if CJ Stroud can, uh, you know, be a fine rookie quarterback, uh, I think this team, uh, again, you got to squint, uh, but has some case for, for upside. I think they have, uh, you know, John Mechie is, is a, uh, was a good college receiver at Alabama. He can do it. Uh, Robert Woods is old, but like, again, it's not as if these are, uh, horrible, horrible pieces. And I think if you kind of compare the rosters of the Texans and the Colts, to be honest, I think I prefer the Texans roster. I, I can see that case. Like if you're thinking about how do you actually win the division, right? You have to kind of put uh, a few things together. And if you don't win the division, it doesn't matter if you fall apart, right. In terms of this, this sort of a bet for, for the division, I will make the case that the most mispriced team here are the Titans. And this is not a DeAndre Hopkins um, take. This is more of a regression back towards what we've seen of them in the past. I think basically every player on their team, every important player on their team, um, had one of the, the worst seasons that they've had in a while. I mean, um, you look at, at Ryan Tannehill, he had two, two seasons graded in the 90s, uh, a season in the mid-80s. Uh, in 2021, and then fell all the way to 74.9 in his PFF grade. 
19th out of 39 quarterbacks. I would expect a little regression back. I don't think Hopkins makes a huge, huge difference, but he definitely makes a difference. And the idea that he's now the number one guy, that Traylon Burks doesn't have to be the number one guy. I do think Okwanko, you know, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but I think he's like a solid playmaker. And I would not be surprised if Mike Vrabel, um, you know, and that team gets creative with how they use him. The, the worry for me is a little bit on the on the defensive side of the ball and especially in the secondary and can they cover. But where I do think they're they're particularly strong is up front. And if you think about winning the division, it's probably going to go through Jacksonville, right? So if you look at the, the matchup between them and the Jaguars, the one area where I think you can be concerned about the Jaguars is the offensive line. And you look at Jeffrey Simmons, who might be the least talked about like stud in, in the NFL, um, just an absolute monster rushing the passer. And, you know, outside of maybe like Donald and Chris Jones, like he's up there uh, in terms of the best defensive interior uh, lineman. If that line stays healthy with Tart, with Autry, Arden Key, 28th out of 119 edge rushers last year, um, I, I do think they can be a force up front. So I actually think that is the, the most mispriced I agree with you guys that it's not, you know, wildly off, but I think that's my favorite um, of the four if I had to bet uh, bet the division. Yeah, I think it was interesting with a lot of these teams. Look, they're obviously not great rosters, but I think as we're talking through it, a lot of them like have some solid units, but then also, I mean, the Titans offensive line might be the worst offensive line in football. Their corners might be the worst corners in football, but then it's like kind of everywhere else you could probably talk yourself into it a little bit. Um, and I think you can make that argument for, for a bunch of these rosters. So it's it's almost what can the coach maybe mask the best or or, or work around or, or scheme things up to kind of make that less of a concern. And so then I guess you could kind of talk yourself into Mike Vrabel a little bit. I just I remember, you know, Ryan Tannehill historically has had a high average time to throw, has taken some bad sacks and things of that nature. And I'm just kind of terrified, like. Nicholas Petit Frere getting suspended was actually a meaningful development of the offseason. Um, and, and that's just just that sentence being a fact is is a concern in itself. Yeah, that is a, that is an issue. Um, OK, so let's let's talk a little bit about um, the Jaguars here. Their win total is at nine and a half um, over is minus 150 right now under is plus 130. So there's a lot of a lot of love that they're getting. Um you know, I, I go to you here, Judah, like how, if uh, at all, are you betting the Jags? What do you think is the kind of upside case? And, and if there is a downside case, what is it for you? Yeah. I mean, I think the upside case is Trevor Lawrence. The downside case is Trevor Lawrence, but I, I picked the Texans there. It's like if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. I think the Jaguars are done. Uh, and I think there's kind of a lot of fragility on this team. Uh, I think their wide receivers now kind of ironically are, are pretty deep and the rest of the team is not at all. Um, I think the upside case is that we kind of see the Trevor Lawrence of the second half of last season, uh, which is a guy who, especially in stable situations, not under pressure, uh, was a top five quarterback by basically any efficiency metric you'll, you'll want to use. And if he continues to grow from year two to year three, uh, he's kind of progressed as most quarterbacks do in their development, in his kind of recognition of like open receivers and tight windows. He's making the right reads, uh, I think, especially in his second year. Uh, in this offense, he can continue to grow in those areas. And like, would it shock anyone if he's the MVP? I don't think so. Uh, and in that way, I think you can kind of chase the AFC's loaded. I don't love using, uh, you know, a AFC championship or a Super Bowl win. I think it's 25 to one for the Super Bowl and, and 13 to one last I checked. Um, but I don't hate, especially because they play in such a weak division, a alt over here uh, and or even just a Lawrence MVP. Uh, that because I think that's really the Jaguars are going to live and die by Trevor Lawrence this year. I think they kind of made that bet uh, with their offseason spending last year and, and their moves this offseason. They live in they're living and dying with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he was phenomenal second half of last year. Um, I think he was actually third was he third in PFF grade. Um, really, really phenomenal. Uh, Brad, we'll go to you. What do you think? The yeah, I, in a similar vein, I'm betting a derivative of them potentially having a good season. Uh, and obviously not quite because it's just one player prop. But uh, Calvin Ridley over six and a half touchdowns is plus 120 right now on DraftKings. His yards, I think, is at 900. So I don't like it quite as much. And yeah, I think you're just betting on is he going to hit hit his stride and be the player we think he's going to be? 
Obviously, he could do that without touchdowns. But in his first three seasons, he went over that number. His fourth season, he played five games but had two. Um, that was with Julio the whole time, though. He honestly probably scored more than Julio in the, in those years. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of saying, hey, look, like if Ridley comes in and is an, a true number one and is consistently scoring, they're probably going to be, you know, having that high-powered offense and being the best team in this division by a country mile. Um, that's one way I would like to bet it because, like I said, I already bet minus 130. It's yeah. probably my biggest division future uh, exposure of the offseason. So. I'd even add in this similar vein, we talked about this last week, Travis Etienne over six and a half mm-hmm. touchdowns. That's almost a direct bet on the Jaguars kind of being very good and leading a lot. Uh, I love that one also. Yeah, exactly. Because then, you know, especially with leads, um, you'd expect them to, to end up uh, giving him the ball a bunch. I, I like the Ridley bet a lot. I, I think the the concern for me when it comes to um, comes to the Jags is, you know, th- I think there's a little bit uh, of weakness, certainly on the offensive line. You talk about Lawrence in stable situations. And yes, he was phenomenal in stable situations. But you need those stable situations. And what are stable situations there from a clean pocket, first and second down. Um, if, if that offensive line falls apart and you look up front, you've got Cam Robinson over there on the left, 44th out of 81 tackles in PFF grade, the interior, all low sixties or low fifties graded players. Um, and then, you know, at, at right tackle, I mean, what are we expecting there? Are we going to have Anton Harrison um, rookie over there on the right? So there are some question marks there. I really do like the the receiving core, especially with Ridley. You've got Kirk in the slot. I think that's where he's you know going to play really, really well. And now that he's not the number one guy, I think he's going to be phenomenal. The way I'm actually going to bet this, and I like your MVP bet, Judah, um, similar vein, Doug Peterson, coach of the year, 22 to one. Um, they win this division. It's a weak division. So to your point, they, they a high win total, I think is possible. Other divisions are going to be much harder in the AFC. So it is not out of the realm of possibility that the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one seed, let's say, in the AFC, as crazy as that sounds. Now, I don't think that means they're favored to win, you know, going, going through, but I think that's a, that's a possibility. And if so, the media loves Doug Peterson, the turnaround from Urban Meyer, he's really seen as like the culture builder in that uh, team. And so I think that really helps him uh, with the coach of the year bet. And he's 22 to one. Um, so I think it's very similar to, to kind of the Trevor Lawrence thing, you know, Trevor Lawrence plays well. Um, and, uh, and I think Doug, Doug Peterson gets some credit for that. Um, let's go to, uh, we talked a little bit about the Titans, Let, let's go to the, um, to the Indianapolis Colts. Judah, I'll start with you. You've talked a lot about the, the kind of wide variance with this team. Um, is there anything that we are overlooking that we've talked about Richardson a ton, um, but is there anything that we're overlooking that, that could be an upside case for this team kind of outside of, of Richardson or maybe that helps Richardson um, bloom into something impressive? I, I'm I'm trying to get you to be positive about the Colts. I'm doing my best. Um, I mean, I guess I, I am admittedly as pessimistic as they come about the Colts. I was hoping you'd say is there something we're overlooking? And I get to say that the secondary is probably the worst in the NFL. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think their, their offensive line, uh, which kind of had a couple of down seasons, but still has a lot of talent there um, between obviously Quentin Nelson, both their tackles rated in the uh, almost 25, one was 18. Uh, Ryan Kelly has been a, a long time, good center in this league. Uh, and it's kind of a little shocking that as a unit, they haven't played so well. Uh, if you look at even like the perfectly blocked stuff, they're kind of in the low twenties, their win rate. Uh, I think especially, I mean, this is kind of in tandem to the Richardson play, which is that like, if they give him more time, or even if they work well as a, as a run blocking unit for him, uh, this can be an offense that can grind out drives, uh, help out Jonathan Taylor a lot. Uh, and this can be a kind of team circa like Washington with Adrian Peterson. And they got off to like a six and two start or something like that. Just like playing at a very, very slow place, bleeding the clock, marching down the field. Uh, and like that kind of ugly method of football can work, especially with a mobile quarterback, a good running back and a good offensive line. I guess they can kind of win the ugly way that way. Uh, I don't actually see that as being too far-fetched. I'm not sure that's in their game plan, uh, but I think that that can work for them. What what um, bets do you like most uh, with Colts this year? Uh, all, of the, all of the unders. Uh, fewest, uh, fewest wins in the NFL at 14 to 1. Um, I like, I really, really wish we had the uh, kind of pricing we had in previous years where I can get an under 5.5 at like plus 210. 
plus 175, mm-hmm. I think is the, the best we're going to get because most books are only offering four and a half. Um, I like under four and I, I like all the unders. That's the, that's the honest answer. Um, and I'm certainly not betting any over, uh, overs on the Colts. Brad, do you have a different opinion or are you similarly low? Not really. Cause I, I agree with the overall philosophy, but I do think this team it, different than others where their improvement this year could just be from guys that played poorly last year, just having better seasons. I think on both sides of the ball, like the offensive line has to positively regress to some degree. You can't have players of that caliber, just all sucking again next year. Um, even on defense, like Grover Stewart had a down year. I think DeForest Buckner wasn't maybe his self. They have all these young defensive linemen that need to play better. I agree. Their secondary is horrendous. Uh, and, and so this is why I, the one bet I do like it's, not necessarily betting positively on the Colts. It's kind of is playing into the idea that they're going to be down in some games, maybe throwing late, and that they're going to have high scoring games because I don't like their secondary. Michael Pittman, the market on him is so, so low at this point. And, and I get it. Like he had 140 targets last year, 99 receptions, and had 925 receiving yards. But this team was dead last in EPA per drop back with Matt Ryan or Sam Ellinger or whoever they had out there. And I think we, I honestly still think we're going to get a month of Gardner Minshew. I'm, I, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I really do believe that. But even if we do transition to Richardson, I think if he is kind of, we view him as raw and a little bit, you know, not ready for the NFL, then he's just going to pepper his number one big bodied option with targets the entire time. And if they're down in games, I think they're just going to feed Anthony, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. So his over under is 825 receiving yards, 100 yards lower than last year. Again, it might not be efficient. It might be nine yards a catch on a hundred on a hundred catches, but um, I just think the market's a little bit like overcorrecting on like a, a very good, if not you know, good above average player. I guess the the case in my mind is you you mentioned the offensive line, Judah. Why, with an athlete like Richardson, you have a running back with Taylor. Like, can't you manufacture? Um, a, a passing game with that dominant uh, of athletes that they can run the ball. I mean, you know, I would think of like a souped up Jalen Hurts type of offense, which I think is is sort of what we're going to see a little bit there. Um, like, isn't there a pathway for maybe not a Lamar Jackson type, you know, season? He's not quite, uh, you know, let's not name him that right away, but some kind of, of you know, just they run the ball 65%, but they have such a dynamic um, quarterback that, that things kind of work out. Why is that not something that, that you could see happening? Like, is there something about Richardson game, Richardson's game um, that you just don't like? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a Richardson thing. Uh, It's especially his accuracy uh, and that in tandem with the Colts wide receivers, which is that with the exception of Pittman, I don't really see it. And especially if you're going getting deep, uh, like I don't see how anyone's going to win deep and like your offensive line. It's great if you've got an extra half second to protect, but if those receivers aren't getting open, that's not really going to help you so much. Uh, and especially in those cases, when they are open, you need an accurate quarterback, not only to get them the ball, but more importantly, to get them for yards after the catch. And I don't really see that offense developing. I also think that Greg Roman is a, dare I say it is a brilliant offensive mind. Uh, and I think a lot of the success from the Ravens was, uh, can be attributed to, to Greg Roman, and I don't kind of have the same trust. Uh, I don't know if Sanchez is calling, calling plays. I don't really uh, – I don't know what the plan is on offense, but I think as a rookie, it's very, very, very rare. We forget Lamar Jackson. It was his second year in the NFL. Um, I think that really makes a difference, uh, especially for just the speed of the game. For an inaccurate passer, I, I just don't love it in the context of the Colts this year. If Minshew – how much does Minshew starting – uh, the season tell us about Richardson like my gut would be if Minshew was starting the season I'm I'm concerned now I, I again I know that Lamar Jackson that example like he didn't start the season either and he's turned out just fine um, uh, am I being a little am I over exaggerating I guess Brad are you concerned about Richardson if he doesn't start over Minshew to, to begin the year well, he he's not even 21 years old yet. He started one season in college. I mean, it's not a it's not a good signal, I suppose. But I always look at the context of where it's happening. And yeah, you could be like, all right, maybe Joe Flacco in Baltimore is more respectable than, than the current Gardner Minshew, which might be debatable, frankly. But um, but yeah, no, I, I yeah, I uh, no, I, I honestly think he should sit a month, get used to the NFL life, and, and then come in. If it drags on to like trade deadline, then, then yeah, I'd probably be concerned. 
Yeah, I really do think they are going to, um, they're going to give the, um, I don't know what you call it, the Mahomes playbook. I mean, Hurts didn't start right away, right? They waited and brought him in, um, you know, later on in the year. I think that's going to happen with Richardson. Um, is it going to concern me? I, I actually, you know, in, in thinking kind of more about it, I think there is a value. You mentioned he only started one year um, in college. You know, him going out there and just getting his, his you know, teeth kicked in, maybe there's not a ton of value to that, uh, you know, and him kind of learning on the sidelines. So I, I can get on board with that. Um, but we've talked way too much about the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to talk more about the Houston Texans in one second. Before we do, DraftKings has launched the largest best ball tournament in DraftKings history. There's $10 million worth of cash prizes on the line. And all you have to do is go draft and then kick back, relax, and watch your team cruise to your chance in a million-dollar top prize. Because best ball, in case you're living under a rock, a best ball contest does not require you to drop, add, trade, start, sit, all this stuff. It just plays your best players each week. And that is how you compete for the $10 million in total best ball prizes that DraftKings has. So here's the cool thing. If you use promo code PFF, you can get your first entry back in DK dollars. So you buy $10 entry, you get that entry back in DK dollars. You can bet those uh, in other areas around the website. The promo code is PFF uh, on DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you have a gambling problem, call 100Gambler, one per customer, opt-in required to pay $10 entry fee bonus issued in 10 DraftKings dollars, age and eligibility restriction supply, void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com slash promotions for details. This ends at 8, 9, 23. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Texans here. Um, you mentioned that you thought they were undervalued, Judah, so I'll come to you first. Um, kind of make the, the upside case, and what are some bets maybe other than division that you would look at um, for the Texans? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, and I should have mentioned this uh, before, it's, it's our guy. You know, it's the coaching staff, and it's our guy, Bobby Slowick, the uh, former PFF employee. Uh, which I think is that this team has a decent floor of players who are, uh, as I'm saying, capable, I think. I mean, Mechie's obviously an unknown, but Robert Woods is still an NFL receiver. Nico, Nico Collins is fine. Uh, Dalton Schultz is a good tight end. They have tackles. I think especially they can kind of design. The best case scenario I'm thinking of is like a Lions of last year where you have a really, hmm. really good play caller who knows his players' limitations, doesn't ask him to do too much. Uh, and kind of designs an offense where just a bunch of capable players uh, succeed. I mean, like, who would have thought last year, uh, I mean, maybe Amon Ross St. Brown you'd be high on, but, like, it wasn't like the Lions had a, you know, nobody was on Jared Goff, the wide receivers weren't particularly big names at all, and they still had success, I think, on the backs of, again, a, a coordinator who designed an offense for the talent that they had, and I think uh, the Texans can kind of fit that bill. And defensively, again, if you're buying into coordinators, especially if D'Amico Ryans can kind of, uh, take this defense to an average unit. They have pieces. I think, again, I mean, it's building in some projection from Stingley, uh, but there are some NFL players here. Like Jerry Hughes is an NFL player. Sheldon Reagans is an NFL player. Steven Nelson, an NFL player. Uh, Will Anderson, a top pick. He should be a good player. Uh, Jimmy Ward's still a good player. Like they have pieces. They really do. Uh, I think coaching would have to make a, a serious influence here, but I think there is some, uh, some upside here. How would I bet that? Division 10 to 1, I think there's some value. I think that's contingent on the Jaguars kind of falling apart, which I think is contingent on a Lawrence injury. Uh, and I don't hate kind of some of their alt overs, uh, right? Or even which is saying like 75% of my case could be true. They don't have to necessarily be the lions, uh, but they can still kind of have a productive offense and exceed market expectations by, you know, one or two wins. And I think that bet can still hit. I'm yeah, betting so the same bet, narrative. Oh, go ahead, George. I was just going to say, so if you bet the alt over like eight and a half, you're getting plus 330, 10 and a half, 10 to one um, uh, odds there. Sorry, Brad, go ahead. No, you're good. We got to let the people know the price on uh, Texans to win 11 games. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I am betting the same narrative, though, where I do think this is like the defense does have pieces. I mean, Malik Collins, a couple other guys we could throw in there that are, are worth a shout, at least. I think the tie the tie into that is I think they're going to try to be a run the football, run clock, and then let our defense kind of win some games light type of approach. Um, yeah, it's, maybe it isn't going to work, but I do think it's going to be the M.O., I'm not particularly concerned with Devin Singletary signing for one year, two and a half million. Um, our guy, Damian Pierce, Dame Pierce, Florida. I, I think uh, his lines at 900 yards, which is not a low number. It's not, but 
Uh, went over that last year as a rookie, missed a couple games, was a rookie, uh, and, and obviously the game script could not have been worse uh, for the second overall pick, who should have been the number one overall pick. So there is some risk there for sure if they're down on a ton of games to try to throw their way back in, but that's one way, I think, of betting th- that idea, which is I think they are going to try to be a clock management defense and you know long methodical drive type team. I mean, very much probably the the Niners playbook, right? And it, I guess it's interesting. We talked about Stroud, um, you know, coming into this year. I'm very concerned about Stroud just because of what the Ohio State ecosystem was like, how dramatically different it's going to be. The offensive line, you mentioned they have some pieces. They're not good. Let's, let's be clear. It's not a great offensive line by any stretch. Um, and he was a complete nightmare under pressure with those weapons at Ohio State. So that concerns me a lot. I guess, Judah, why are you like you you have this vision of Stroud somehow playing well? Is it because the scheme protects him? Is it because you think he's better than I think he is? Um, what, what is it? Is it more scheme? Is it more player? Yeah, what it's scheme, and I think like it's a scheme such that it can mitigate pressure in that like you have a guy who's getting rid of the ball in two seconds, two and a half seconds, where like your offensive line doesn't really matter because there's not enough time for defenders to, to kind of get there. Uh, and I think if you can scheme guys open quickly, I think Stroud has the skill set. Uh, again, like a pretty decent floor. He's got rec- like he's a fine recognizer of who's open, and he can get the ball accurately. We know that he's an accurate passer, or at least he was mm-hmm. in college. And I think that skill set can translate to a certain scheme. Right? If you're not accurate, none of this matters. If you can't recognize who the open guy is, none of that matters. Uh, but I think those are two of his strengths. Uh, I don't think he might have the ceiling. I don't think he's going to be, you know, throwing deep bombs to. Uh, the receivers downfield, but I do think he can execute a pretty simple offense. And that's asking a lot of a, you know, coordinator. I'm not saying that's a, that's for sure going to happen, but I can see it based on Stroud's skill set as opposed to someone like Anthony Richardson. He just real quick. I mean, he was our most accurate charted passer in college football the last two seasons. So he, he does have that going for him for sure, but he also had three top 15 pick wide receivers. Yeah. So. And to be, to be fair, George, like Justin Fields coming from the same sort of ecosystem was also an extremely accurate passer. And he's one of yeah. the least accurate passers now. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, like it, it's a rookie and uh, you're projecting some sort of uh, growth or upside, but like given the market prices, uh, which is what this is all really about. I still think I can, I can make the case. Yeah, I think that's really fair. Um, by the way, first and second down EPA per play last year. Worst team in the NFL was the Los Angeles Rams, followed by the Houston Texans, then the Indianapolis Colts, and then the Chicago Bears. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of room for that positive regression. I am a believer in in Bobby Slowick. I think he's going to be very, very good. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, he, he worked at, at PFF in the past. I think the way that Shanahan teaches his uh assistant coaches how to coach i think there's a reason mike mcdaniel is so successful uh it has been so successful over in miami there is a combination of understanding how to build the culture but also a way of looking and teaching offense that really stems from a defensive view point i think that will help um stroud quite a bit so i i see that upside case you mentioned that the receivers they're not terrible i mean robert woods nico collins so you can you can make that that case. I, I, I understand it. I, I understand it. Here's the other thing. They have really leveraged their future, you know, by trading their first round pick next year to this year. So, you know, does that mean anything really? Well, it means that their, their um, kind of view on the season is going to be one where they're going out to win football games um, as opposed to, Hey, if we lose games, it's not all that bad because we get this high pick next year. Um so I don't know that that's a that's a huge kind of feather in the cap, so to speak, but it, it does mean a little bit around the way that they're going to approach this year. Um, and obviously, they you know they feel like um, that Ryan's can get a lot out of out of Will Anderson. Um, okay, uh, before we we move on from the division, is there a narrative that you guys feel is not being talked about, um, or that um, maybe isn't being considered enough for how this division could play out? Um, Brad, I'll go to you first. I mean, I guess I'm getting to the point where I think there's a little bit of fragility in Jacksonville. I do think they're the heavy favorite. Uh, I don't have much, many qualms about that, but their defense was not good last year. And yes, it's a lot of young talent. I think they should play better next year. And then the offensive line, like you mentioned, you lose Cam Robinson for six games, can't reduce that or anything like that. Those suspensions for PEDs are locked in and the units kind of soft at other couple other spots as well. So 
I don't know. I mean, look, Ben Brown's uh, power rankings, the Titans are 28th, the Texans are 31st, and the Colts are 32nd. So it's just hard for me to make a case that, uh, that you know, the Jaguars are not going to win this division. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's the case I've, I guess, stated twice now. It's I don't think we're talking about the, the Texans not being a doormat. Uh, I think they could be a legitimate team this year. Uh, I don't know if that's 10 wins, but I think it could be closer to seven and eight. Uh, and I'm not sure they're any much worse than the Titans or Colts. And I think that's kind of being built in. It's certainly built into the division prices uh, that those two teams are uh, markedly better. And I don't think that's true. Yeah. You guys are sleeping on Gardner Minshew and um, you know, it's just ridiculous that we're not talking more about, about Gardner leading the Colts. Um, look, well, as much I'll- as I want to try and convince myself on, on Gardner Minshew. No, I'll throw a hot take out there, George. I like Colts at their price way better than the Titans at their price. I'm a buyer on the Colts, just like getting positive regression from a bunch of players. They just like oh. Quentin Nelson's not bad at football. He just sucked last year. Like Braden Smith's not bad at football. He just sucked last year. Like that can't, it can't all happen again. <laughs> I hear it. I'm just ready to, to eat my words, wear my jean shorts, you know, week six when uh, Gardner Minshew is leading the Colts. Uh, so their fourth win, they're four and two, uh, and in, in line for the division. I'll, I'll wear the jean shorts. Now we're talking. There's continuity between um, play caller and quarterback. There's a good, a positive regression on the offensive line. Um, Michael Pittman, I think, is a better receiver than you know than people think he is. I, I mean, I don't think people think about Michael Pittman that much, um, but he is a good receiver. Gardner Minshew is an accurate quarterback. If he has clean pockets, that that offense had not a lot of creativity uh, in the past. I think they'll have a lot more creativity. Maybe they bring Anthony Richardson on as more of like a dynamic weapon to to help out, you know, like the the scheme and and can create some confusion for the defense. So, look, it's not you mentioned that the the Jags are heavy favorites. I've already talked about. I think there's a path for the Jaguars to the first seed. Uh, in the AFC because of the weakness of the division, um, of course. But I also think there is a pathway for uh, the Colts to be, you know, to be decent. It's just like they're so everyone thinks they're so, 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 so terrible. And this take is really around usually when everyone is like completely aligned on one thing, there's something that we're overlooking. And I think that's Gardner Minshew. Um, so uh, that's my that's my hidden narrative. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on Minshew once um, once we know he's starting, probably by a little bit of, of the Colts' um, altovers. Also, just despite Judah, um, who hates them so vociferously. Um, would you be interested, Judah, in a in a Colts Texans head to head bet? Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Just just wins, just straight up wins. Well, uh, their their win totals aren't the same, are they? <laughs> But you don't want the price. <laughs> you think they're terrible. I mean, you're right. Um, I do. I do think the Texans are going to win more games than the Colts this year. I'll put my money where my math is. I, I like the bet. Straight up. All right. There we go. Um, we'll uh, we'll put a dinner on it. How about that? Perfect. Um, all right. We came out of here with, with something positive. Uh, before we get to the British uh, Open conversation. Um, if you are sitting there thinking, man, I'm only a couple of weeks away, 52 days, I think, today, until every single Sunday, I'm going to be sitting back, relaxing, and watching football. You don't want to have another worry on your mind. You want to be able to focus in on the important thing, which is football. So you want to take care of all the other things in your life. And one of the things that's probably pretty important for you, if you're a parent with children, is keeping your family safe. So keep your family safe this year so you can kick back, relax, and watch some beautiful football. Maybe enjoy it, a little uh, little cocktail, a little cookout, um, and get yourself some term life insurance to protect your family. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is a terrible, like, long, laborious thing. I got to call someone up in some random office and they're going to you know, send me 85 pages of things to, to sign. No, Gerber Life uh, has come up with a really sleek and easy way for you to do this. It's called Fabric and it takes just 10 minutes. You go download the app or go to this website, which I'm going to give you right now. It's M-E-E-T Fabric, F-A-B-R-I-C.com slash forecast and get started today. It takes less than 10 minutes from start to getting your family covered, uh, and then you can kick back, relax, and enjoy the NFL season. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, 
crisis subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, British Open. It's kind of crept up on us a little bit here. The Scottish Open was this week. Uh, Rory came back uh, to win in kind of dramatic fashion. The British Open being played at Royal Liverpool, where the past two winners are Rory McIlroy and before him, Tiger Woods, some guys that maybe you have heard of in the past. So there's going to be a lot. I can already see it. I'm going to turn on live from the British Open on the golf channel, and I'm going to be inundated with Rory McIlroy talk. I mean, this is like the worst thing that could possibly happen. We are going to get so much Rory McIlroy talk. It's going to be uh, nauseating. Here are the current odds. Um, uh, if I can pull them up, I think they should have them on here. Uh, there we go. Rory is plus 650. He's the favorite. Scotty Scheffler, 7-1. Rom 12-1. Cam Smith, 16-1. We bought him at a much better price a few weeks ago. Victor Hovland, 20-1. Kepka also 20-1. Xander and Terrell Hatton, along with Tommy Fleetwood and Patrick Cantlay, are 22-1. Actually, so is Fowler. Dustin Johnson, 30-1. Shane Lowry, 35, as well as Spieth and Morikawa. Fitzpatrick, Kim uh, both at 40 to one, Justin Rose and my guy, Wyndham, two nights stay. Third night is free. Clark at 45 to one. Be now Homa and your boy, Cam Young, Brad, are at 50 to one. So we're going to dive into this a little bit more on Wednesday, uh, but let's get it kicked off here with kind of some early assessment. Um, Brad, you didn't play golf this week so that you could watch the Scottish Open from start to finish, really lock in on how everyone's playing. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts going into British Open week? Yeah, I was up at 2 a.m. every morning to watch for, for the you. people, you know, just grinding the tape, grinding the film. Yeah, no. So, uh, we talked going into the Scottish, obviously we learn a lot. It is a Lynx golf course almost every time leading into the British Open. So you're playing a similar style of golf. These, the results do matter. Um, I almost wish Rory didn't win that. I probably like him more in the British, but um, we talked a bit about how there are a bunch of really hot, really good playing uh, Japan tour golfers right now that obviously are now on the PGA, but guys have come over recently that have been phenomenal out of Japan, Korea, and have consistently been contending in a lot of these big, big tournaments. Um, and it came true this past weekend in the Scottish where you had Byung Hun on and tied for third. And our guy, Tom Kim, who people probably remember famously had mud up to his, his nipples at the, uh, I think that was the U S open when he was fishing the ball out of the Creek, but um, he finished top tied for top six. So, I love, dude, Byung Hunan's 180 to 1 for the British. I already have a bet down on it. I mean, in Link's course, you just want to be accurate. You don't have to be the longest player in the world. Um, and you look at his strokes gained this past week at the Scottish. Very good off the tee, trailed only Rory McElroy in strokes gained off the tee. Uh, was good in his approach game. And then, you know, wasn't a bad putter, but didn't really finish on the greens. Um, he actually had a double, I want to say, in the last hole. Um, that may have been Tom Kim, but didn't neither guy finished particularly strong on Sunday, but were there the whole time. And I just think the course lines up very well with their style of golf. So I'm sure Sung Jam is going to be a hot bet. He missed the cut, just isn't playing good golf right now. Um, as of right now, we'll have way more on Wednesday, um, but I think 180 to one is way off uh, on Byung Hunan, who's playing some good golf. This isn't a bet based on this past weekend. He's played a lot of good golf recently. Yeah, and you can bet him. Um, you said 180 to one, but you can get him, you know, top five, I think is 30 to one. Yeah, top 10, uh, 12 to one. So there are other ways to, to bet. I think this is the best part of betting on golf, right? You can have a hypothesis on a player doing well, and there are ways to, to capitalize on them playing well without them winning. Um, Sahith Thigala, 150 to one, uh, another guy that's um, uh, way, way, way down there um, in terms of his odds heading into, into the, the weekend. I'll say this, Tommy Fleetwood, I think shot 63 on Saturday at the Scottish. He's 22 to one. Um, I, as far as guys that I think have a legit shot to win, I do like him quite a bit. I don't like betting players really more than, than 30 to one. Um, but I'll make a little bit of an exception for my guy, Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I think he's going to break through at some point. I mean, he's just too talented of a guy. It makes sense for him to break through um, at the British open um, since he is, he has won on the European tour um, and on the PGA tour. I don't think he has a win uh, as of yet. So I, I like him a little bit. Um, Jordan Spieth's down there at 35 to one. It's kind of tempting um, just based on how well I think he plays uh, Lynx golf. 
And to your point, you don't need to be super, super long here. So a guy like a Bryson DeChambeau, I don't think his uh, value is quite there based on what his length gets him on this type of a course. Um, if you go down a little bit further, you know, a guy like a Keegan Bradley, I, I could see doing well on this course. Um, a Denny McCarthy at one uh, plus, uh, sorry, 110 to one. Um, so yeah, we will dig in a lot more, but I do think there's a lot of value across the board here um, and some opportunities. Everyone's going to talk about Rory and they're going to talk there till they're blue in the face. But man, I, I really just, I, you will not catch me dead betting on Rory. I just can't. Uh, it's not going to happen. Judo, I Scotty. I also think Scotty could just break through. I mean, this is, it's about long irons and, and ball striking and then some stuff around the green and the guy, I think he had his worst finish in like two months in terms of strokes gain on the field. He was fifth and he came in third and it was like his worst tournament in like two months. I mean, the guy's, the guy's absurd. He just can't win. The, the thing with Scotty is like, I just know he's going to miss like 10, five footers. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I do think he's going to finish top five, but he's also yes. going to miss. 10, five footers, um, <laughs> you know, you're going to pay a steep price for him. Uh, Judah, you're a budding golfer and addicted um, golf better now. What are your thoughts heading into the British Open? Yeah, I was actually going to bring up Scotty Scheffler. Uh, I'm, I tried to find this tweet. I couldn't find it. It's like his like T to green ranks, like every tournament. It's just one, two, two, three, one. Eventually the putting's going to, going to come. Uh, I, I think it's if the consistency kind of lends itself to a top 10, top five bet. Uh, and obviously the winner and another name uh, for a guys at data golf is looking at their kind of expected PGA wins. This guy totally at 300 to one Alex Noren. Uh, he's expect, he would have expected 1.3 wins just to say he's got plenty of upside. He's 300 to one, obviously a long shot, but I'm a sucker for a nice long shot. Uh, who's a guy who can put it together. And, and the odds are obviously very, very uh, long. A nice pull. Good approach. Good approach game. Good iron game. I like oh, that yeah. play. Oh yeah. He's, the three irons, the three iron, you know, the on three the iron. will translate to the pod. If we didn't mention this in the pod, Judah is the best three iron player on tour. I don't know if we mentioned that. No, so. we did. We did. Oh, we did. That. Okay. Okay. The good, next good. merch giveaway is going to be uh, something to do with the three iron. We, we got to figure <laughs> it out. Put like a little three iron on the hat or something like that. Um, oh, all right. Uh, make sure you go to the printing press discord, get yourself an opportunity to win a hat. Also, if you have suggestions on what other kinds of merch you'd like to see, do you want a, you know, a golf pullover? Um, you know, what is it that you're looking for, Brad? Uh, the hat doesn't quite fit. So we need to get something that Brad can rock. Golf pullover. Uh, now we're, now we're talking. Now we're speaking yeah. my language, George. Yeah, we, we can make that happen. We can make that happen. Um, so go join the, the discord and get yourself some free merch. We'll be back on Wednesday evening where we will do, um, the AFC. What are we on the, the West now? The um, West. Be good. And we'll go much deeper into the British open. Give our, our favorite bets there. Enjoy the week. We'll see y'all later. Peace.